Hello, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to another incredible episode of Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show. Crash, the UK podcast for the culture geek. (laughs) Was that a sign? No, not yet. Not. Sorry, I'll sound more enthusiastic. The technology nerd and creative wizard. This is episode 329, recorded on Monday the 17th of August 2020, and it is just past 2300. At the beginning of the show. As always, let's talk briefly (laughs) about the state of the rewatch. Perhaps I'll move this to the after-show section in future. Maybe this is a bit too boring to go at the beginning. I don't know. Maybe some people would rather me dive in, let me know. Or others might like me to do a gentle warm-up first. Yeah, the state of the rewatch. As I tweeted earlier today, after eight years of doing the show, I have finally got a workable schedule. But we've been down this road before, and just because I've got a workable schedule or timetable doesn't mean I'll stick to it. The idea is now that the vintage media chats, which currently concerns Doctor Who and has concerned Doctor Who since 2014, will be taped on Monday, edited Tuesday, and uploaded either the same day or Wednesday. And then we're doing the same thing for the regular Geek episode. Tape Monday, edit Thursday, upload Thursday or Friday. The reason I'm saying or, or Thursday or Friday, or Tuesday and Wednesday, is I'm little unsure of when to release those pods, because by the time I finish the edit, there is no real reason I can't upload immediately, but there's also the fact that most people seem to respond better to seeing a new pod at a regular time, every week, and in the morning, or at least they did prefer them in the morning when people were still commuting. Now, not so sure. Whatever the case, though, hopefully, I keep saying hopefully, we'll have two new pods a week. That's all the pod news for now. How about the haircut news? Yeah, the accidental haircut, the unfortunate accidental haircut. It is growing, but it is currently shorter than my beard, which is not a good look. For me, anyway. Do you think this is a mistake I'll make again? As I've said on Twitter, and possibly in a past podcast, if I ever start considering a haircut on the pod, please shout at me by sending me a tweet or an email saying, no, don't do it, don't do it. Or perhaps do it, because you look better with a haircut. Although there's not that many photographs of me. Maybe I'll put a few more up. This week we are talking about the adventure entitled The Sontaran Experiment. So let us start with a few cast and production notes. As usual, Tom Baker is playing the third Doctor. Elizabeth Slarden is playing Sarah Jane Smith. Ian Martyr, Harry Sullivan... The director is Rodney Bennett, the writer Bob Baker and Dave Martin. The producer, Philip Hinchcliffe, 
And this is the third story of the 12th season following on from the Ark in Space, which we covered in pod 327. It unusually consists of two 25-minute episodes and was first broadcast from the 22nd of February to the 1st of March 1975. So that's the production notes. As usual, just to give you a little flavour of the time, let's do our usual On This Day in the UK section. Again, nothing of real significance, unsurprisingly, because not every day is a significant day in history in the UK, which is not that important. Unless it's my birthday, though, it's a very important day. On... The 22nd of February 1975, the UK number one was Make Me Smile by Steve Harley and Cockney Rebel, which is a song I can just about play on my banjolele. Another minor fact about Steve Harley, who, by the way, is still alive and performs, he's only born in 1951, so not that old. A friend frequently tells me that as a child he spoke to Harley because his dad knew the singer. I think his dad was a journalist. Uh, There you are. Oh, uh, my voice is a bit croaky today. I've been having a resurgence of rather nasty reflux. I took a pill earlier today. But my voice does feel a little croaky. And also, before the pod... I went for a little walk. I'm trying to get fit again. I am digressing, so let's move on to a clip, and then I'll tell you in my own words what happens. You're identical. Same ugly... Identical, yes. The same, no. I am Steyr. Field Major Steyr, as you will address me, of the Sontaran G3 Military Assessment Survey. And your opinion of my looks is of no interest to my program. Female, number one, first assessment. Would appear to have no military justification. Offensive value, therefore nil. You won't get me. You won't torture me again. Why did you make that disagreeable noise? Who killed him? That is my function. I am a warrior. Murder! Murder! The moron was of no further use to me. I had already tested him. Okay, let me tell you what happens. In Doctor Who, the Sontaran experiment, we start off with the Doctor beaming down to Earth from the Ark in space to check if conditions are now favourable for the evacuees who are waking up on the Ark to return to the healed and restored future Earth. As the Doctor and his companions arrive, there's a problem with the matter transporter. This manifests in Harry fading in and out. When the trio arrive, finally, the Doctor begins to repair the machinery and tells Harry and Sarah 
in the nicest possible terms to go off and explore, to get lost in other words, while he fiddles around with the matter transporter machinery. We soon find out that the Earth is not quite as deserted as they expected. There is a group of stranded spacemen from Galsec, a colony made up of humans who fled the Earth during the solar flare. And for them, the Ark in space has passed into myth because, as we talked about last week, the evacuees aboard the Ark slept a little longer than they should have done. I think it's about 10,000 years. It's 10,000 years, I think. That's what the Doctor says. Anyway, back to the stranded spacemen. They came to the Earth because of a false SOS signal transmitted from a Sontaran field major sphere. The reason Sphere did this is because the Earth is deserted, he requires humans on which to conduct his cruel experiments to determine the tactical capabilities of human beings. And there aren't any on the Earth, so he sends out this distress signal. Which sounds a bit crazy, because if the Earth has been deserted all that time, why bother testing humans at all? Why not just conquer the Earth and make it a fait accompli? I don't know. I'm moving into what I thought. Sorry about that. Back to what happens. Sora and Harry eventually become separated. Harry falls down (laughs) a trap and is slightly injured, and Sora is captured by Steer and subjected to nightmarish hallucinations until she is rescued by Harry and the Doctor. Somewhere in that thread of events, Sora also meets a spaceman who has escaped Field Major Steer's tender ministrations, but he is later killed. There is also an interval when Harry comes across another of the Major's torture victims and tries to help him, but the man later dies. Yes, you are detecting a slightly darker tone. Eventually, the Doctor challenges Steer to personal combat, and Steer, being a Sontaran, cannot refuse due to his code of honour. While the Sontaran is distracted, Harry sneaks aboard his interesting geodesic-shaped ship and sabotages it according to the Doctor's instructions. Due to the differences in gravity, the Sontaran soon becomes exhausted fighting the Doctor and returns to his ship to recover. He instead emerges, falls down and shrivels quite dramatically. This is because Harry following the Doctor's instructions, has tempered with the device that should ordinarily recharge a Sontaran. The Doctor uses Steer's communication device set into the side of a cliff to contact the Sontaran Marshal, 
and tell him that his plans of conquest have come to nothing. He also threatens the Sontarans with destruction should they approach the earth. Then he hangs up on the marshal. <laughs> the surviving Galset crew refuse a lift back to the Ark by Transmat and instead wait for the evacuees from the Ark in space. The Doctor, Sara and Harry go to the centre of the Transmat spheres and then dematerialise. And what did I think? Well, first of all, I've already mentioned that <laughs> I think it's slightly strange that the Sontaran has to lure humans to the Earth when there aren't any there and the Earth is free for conquest because he, like everyone else, probably does not know about the Ark in space. I was also annoyed that for most of the adventure, Sara was there only as a damsel to be rescued and Harry as the clumsy court jester. Though they did have their own individual bits of dialogue to say separately from the Doctor, I don't think I got the best impression of what they could do as their own characters. This is another of the rewatches that I have rewatched several times before. Although the previous times I've watched this adventure, it was strictly for entertainment, not with a view to be doing a podcast about it. Dartmoor. Yeah, Dartmoor is supposed to be a stand-in for London's West End. The Doctor says that's where they are at the beginning of this story. And that is very, very strange. I mean, sure, the landscape changes in 10,000 years, but I don't think 10,000 years is enough to create granite outcrops and tours and slopey, up-and-downy landscape. I think that's pushing it a bit. <laughs> Still, I have to admit, it is a nice change. Though... With those uppy-downy bits and rocks, I'm not at all surprised that Tom Baker broke his collarbone during the filming of this. And if you want to hear more of that, listen to pod 327. We'll talk about that more also in the trivia section. The Sontaran Experiment is one of the few stories involving Sontarans that does not mention or use the probic vent, that hole in the back of the Sontaran's suit, just behind their neck. The one physical vulnerability of the Sontarans as a plot point. Because as every fan of Who Knows, if you're confronted with a Sontaran, well, don't get confronted. Sneak up behind them and whap them on the back of their probic vent. <laughs> I also heard in the extras for this story, yeah, I'm starting to watch the extras as well now, that the probic vent has several other functions, according to the creator of the Sontarans, Robert Holmes, several of which you probably don't want to know about. Oh, I'm going to mention them anyway. They're involved in reproduction. I thought that the Sontarans were cloned. Maybe it's some kind of umbilicus. 
And actually, that's about the only thing I can remember about those probic vents. <laughs> it's rather like kicking a chap in the unmentionables. Those spacemen from Galsec. Galsec. A colony called Galsec. Originally Galactic Security HQ? Which is only a guess on my part. But I do know that the writers had backstories for everything, and Robert Holmes in particular was one of those writers and script editors that had long backstories for just about everything mentioned in his scripts. But that sounds like a plausible explanation, although it's one that I've made up myself. Haven't actually checked that out. If it is... Galactic Security HQ, corrupted to a shortened Galsec. It wouldn't, though, be unlike Leela's tribe. Leela, the future companion of Tom Baker's Doctor, who are called the Sever Team. Another very well-known fact, known by most Doctor Who fans, because they were originally a survey team. One last thing about Galsec. I thought they had an odd, vaguely South African accent. I think that was deliberate to give them an air of alienness. But I'm not quite sure why that particular accent was picked. Let's now move on to some trivia. As I mentioned in 327, and earlier in this episode, Tom Baker broke his collarbone while filming this story. Because of this, he had to be doubled, and he was doubled in the more active scenes by an actor called Terry Walsh, who also played Galsec crewman Zake. Which means he was a very busy actor. I wonder if he made any more money. We are also told in the special features that he looked like Baker. Maybe they mean his build, because I could see no similarity whatsoever. They look like very different people. I will attest to what the special features say, that the edits between Tom Baker and Terry Walsh were seamless, because I couldn't tell when he was standing in for Tom Baker. In the scenes with Baker, the scarf is used to hide and support his injury, and that's confirmed by Slardin in those special features. It does strike me that he must have been rather brave to carry on acting with that broken collarbone. Sounds like a fairly major thing to crack. But I suppose the show must go on. Field Major Steer is so named because they wanted to give the Sontaran a Germanic-sounding name to go with his Nazi-like callousness in experimenting on his human prisoners. This was definitely a deliberate feature of the plot and is confirmed by the writers. A two-part story in Old Who is an oddity, since this is quite clearly only a short continuation of the arc in space, 
Traditionally, the whole thing would normally be a six-episode story. But Hinchcliffe sought to save money by filming the two separately. Here's the thing, though. I'm not sure how moving the whole production to Dartmoor for location filming saved any money whatsoever. <laughs> Was it just a ploy by Philip Hinchcliffe to go off to film in a novel setting? Because I also read that it is the only story to be filmed entirely on location. It sounds like he got away with it once and then never got away with it again. <laughs> again, that's just a private theory of my own. A penultimate piece of trivia? Yeah, many years ago I visited Dartmoor on a really awful A-level geography field trip. Although I enjoyed the dramatic landscape, mostly with a dripping nose because it was terribly cold, I hated everyone on the trip. I was savaged by an enormous invisible pig when I went for a walk at night in the countryside, and I suffered terrible food poisoning from some suspicious sausages served to us in the farmhouse where we were staying. If you were a fellow student on that trip, yet yeah, I'm not taking that back. I do not remember that trip fondly. I also remember the bemused residents of Exeter answering a load of boring questions about their shopping habits by a bunch of equally bored teenage-slash-young-adult Londoners. Yeah, we were bored. We had no interest in what we were doing. It was pants. And the weather was terrible, although Dartmoor was beautiful. Even though it was very cold and my nose was dripping most of the time. Can't remember if I also had a cold. I don't think I did, but I felt the cold. That was the penultimate piece of trivia. And this is the final item of trivia that I have found. Galsec that colony that the spacemen were from, is now also the name of a security firm. And the aforementioned Severteam tribe, that we'll come to know later on in the rewatch, Leela's tribe, is also, although more unsurprisingly, the name of a, by the look of their webpage, science fiction-based band, who call themselves the Sever Team. And that is it. We've run on a little longer than usual, which I hope makes up for our last Doctor Who rewatch episode, which was a little shorter than usual, not because I didn't have enough material, but because I rapidly spoke through that material at about five million words per second. Sorry about that. I'll slow down in future and speak at a normal, more human-like pace. On our next rewatch, we will be talking about Genesis of the Daleks. Yes, they are back, the Daleks. So be sure to subscribe, be sure to tell your friends, be sure to tell your enemies. And with that, the show is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com. 
If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen. Though because of Apple's control of the entire universe, which is a fairly current topic, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts are particularly useful. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Crash, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd, and creative wizard. This was episode 329, recorded on Monday the 17th of August 2020, and the time at the end of the show is 23.41.56. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye!